Hello and welcome to the 56th episode of the Machine Ethics Podcast. This episode is a bonus edition of What is AI? We did one of these, episode 26, which was a kind of retrospective of some of the people that we've already spoken to and their answers on what is AI. It's been a few years since then, so I thought I'd get another episode going. This episode's answers are provided by Jess Smith, Rachel Herbens, Jacob Turner, Kenny Bowles, Joanna Bryson, Damien Williams, Olivia Gamblin, David Gunkel, Bertram Marley, David Yukubovich, Luciano Floridi, and Lydia Nichols. Also, while we're here, I thought it would be nice to have another shout out for different podcasts that we are fans of or listen to or appear on. So go and listen to the Radical AI podcast and Philosophical Disquisitions. Also check out the Humane podcast, Are You a Robot? and Highbrow Drivel, each of which I've appeared on and more recently on the latest episode of Are You a Robot? Other podcasts, a bit more tangential, are Lex Friedman and the Darknet Diaries, Talking Machines, Babbage, and quite a few others, to be honest. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more episodes, go to machine-ethics.net, or you can contact us at hello at machine-ethics.net. You can follow us on Twitter at machine underscore ethics or Instagram at machine ethics podcast. If you can, please support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash machine ethics. And thank you so much for listening. AI. Okay, well, let's break it down. Let's break down the etymology of this word, why don't we? So we have artificial intelligence. Um, so I've, I've actually seen a few talks about people defining AI as it relates to machine learning, because there's like also this contention about like, is AI machine learning? Are they the same? Are they different? And so um, in the talks that I've seen, they were discussing that an artificially intelligent thing obviously has some sort of intelligence, but then we have to ask, okay, well, what does it mean to be intelligent? And um, that's a tough question to answer because what does it even mean for a human to be intelligent? (laughs) Does it mean to have a conscience? Because if that's true, then we shouldn't be calling AI AI as it exists today, because as far as we know, no AIs have consciousness yet. Uh, Does it mean for it to have the ability to learn? Well, okay, so then we should probably call dogs and cats and cows and pigs and other animals intelligent because they also have the ability to learn. So if we define, I mean, for me, I have to ask myself, what do I think intelligence is? And I would probably assume maybe I'll just stick with the ability to learn for now because I think that's the easiest definition. And then the artificial piece of AI, um, I'm assuming, comes from... Uh, the fact that it's not a human (laughs) and I guess not an animal. So maybe artificial means non-living, but then we have to ask what it means to be alive. (laughs) And that's also like a super philosophical deep question. So I'm I'm answering your question by not answering Hmm. your question and saying that I really have no freaking idea, (laughs) but maybe it means non-living ability to learn. (laughs) Yeah, it's an interesting question because it's an unanswered question at the moment. Um, if you look at the different kind of facets of, of people in ac- academia as well as in industry, if you ask a philosopher what intelligence is or ask a biologist what intelligence is, uh, you'll get two different answers. So um, we're actually having trouble understanding intelligence because we kind of only measure ourselves as humans as the baseline of what the epitome of intelligence might be. So uh, that's still a kind of 
open-ended question of what is artificial intelligence, but at least at the moment, what we try to classify it as is mechanisms to teach machines how to do things that humans can do naturally. I think it extends, personally, I believe it extends far more than that. We have developed machines to do things that humans aren't capable of doing. And the question is, should that be categorized as intelligence or not? So it's uh, it's an interesting question, but I always try to keep it uh, back to the practical side of things. And uh, basically, if we're trying to simulate some behavior where we're teaching something to learn in an environment uh, where we're not kind of hard coding decisions within an algorithm or in a machine, I see a glimpse of intelligence in those uh, solutions. The psychologist Ernest Boring once said that intelligence is what is measured by intelligence tests. And I think there's quite a lot of insight in that comment. The key point being that there isn't a single definition of intelligence which is apt for all purposes, or at least if there is one, then humanity hasn't come up with it yet. So what I seek to do with my definition of artificial intelligence is to have one which is specifically fit for my purpose. My purpose is to look at whether AI needs any new regulations from a legal or ethical standpoint. And my definition is tailored only to that purpose. It's not aimed at being a general all-encompassing definition. The definition is as follows. Artificial intelligence is technology which is able to take decisions on mm-hmm. the basis of principles rather than rules. Another way of putting it is to say that technology, which is artificially intelligent, has the quality of autonomy. That is to say that it, it can take decisions, it can arrive at outcomes which were not pre-programmed into it, or it can develop methodologies which similarly were not predetermined by any human programmer. That for me is the core of artificial intelligence and what makes it unique compared to any previous technologies. So to be clear, in my definition of artificial intelligence, I don't include technologies such as symbolic AI, good old fashioned AI, or expert systems, which are essentially just logic trees that have with every given input, a certain given output, those would not be covered. So so I think AI is a term that gets less useful the closer you get to industry, because the folks working on what we might consider AI would recognize that actually it's just too broad a term, that really what they're talking about is machine learning. And to be honest, mostly within that, what they're talking about is deep learning, Mm -hmm. which as we know is essentially a rebrand of the neural networks from you know the 80s or 70s or whenever, whenever they first came about, but with a lot more computation, a lot more data, and a lot more layers. Um, so for folks in the industry, they'll like the specificity. They'll, they will say, well, AI, you, know, you need to be more precise there. Mm-hmm. But I still think AI is a useful term for you know, stepping away from industry, for talking to the public about any, um, any kind of increased capabilities that technology can offer beyond those of, of humans. And it's a useful term because it carries with it some expectations, some assumptions, some preconceptions, some hopes and some fears that can actually be quite useful in mm. the public discourse. They can also harm as well. But um, I, 
unlike some, I don't want to just discard that term because at least that's a common term we have with the public mm. at the moment. And uh, I'm sure we'll get onto this, but I'm very keen to engage the public in the kind of conversations we need to have in the, in the field. Yeah, what is AI? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, I forget who it was, but some AI person said that AI is whatever we don't, we feel is impossible at the time. And we discount anything that we can achieve. So, um, mm -hmm. for instance, 10 years ago, winning at Go against a human would be considered fantastic AI, you know? Yep. Now it's like, whatever, let's move on, you know? <laughs> so so um, I think AI, I think, I mean, I'm going to answer the question two ways. Sort of what is it uh, in terms of its motivational status for human beings and what is it technically? So let's go with technically first. So technically mm -hmm. AI is any kind of behavior of um, a programmed system that reminds us of human-like intelligence or human-like behaviors. So that's sort of the technical answer. Mm -hmm. And then the motivational answer is AI feels to me like humanity's chance to uh, reparent ourselves and create a new way of being with each other by uh, outsourcing that way of being, at least temporarily, so that it can parent us into people who can better be with each other. The question of what is AI is always really interesting because a lot of what I'm very interested in is exactly that weird untangling of what is AI, right? Like Because everybody I talk to uses it differently. So for me, AI is both the automated algorithmic applications that we use to kind of uh, supplement and enhance and uh, otherwise, uh, I guess, uh, support the activities of human intelligence in everyday life, but it's also that kind of bigger, broader, large-scale uh, dream and aim of AI, that, co that kind of artificial general intelligence, or uh, as I like to think of it, that kind of uh, automated generative intelligence, that, that machine consciousness, that machine intelligence that is itself capable of independent, autonomous, generative, intelligent thought. And that is a dream that I think we still have not yet fully reached. It's a dream that I think is starting to kind of fade to the background in a lot of AI discussions. As that kind of first definition is more and more attainable and more people kind of go with it. And they're like, yeah, we can kind of make supplements. We can make patches that help other people do their day-to-day -day stuff. So let's just keep doing that. Uh, and that idea of, but what about, a, what about a conscious machine has kind of faded to the background. So I'll give you probably a bit more of a philosophical answer. Um, I think my fellow AI programmers would laugh at me, uh, but I view it as a tool. It's a tool that can help us as people actually achieve some very interesting solutions. Um, it can really help us with our innovation, but at the end of the day, it is a tool. So I'd rather say that it's augmented intelligence rather, rather than artificial intelligence. I think um, if we just keep it pigeonholed into being this artificial intelligence that can replace our human intellect, we miss out on a lot of important components that go into what intelligence actually is. And that coming in into play being ethical intelligence, not to quote my company's name, but ethical intelligence, emotional intelligence, those are very important to us as human beings. And that's something that we can 
help increase and intensify with the use of AI. So what is AI? And probably it would be nice to also make an extension to what is robotics or what is a robot? Yeah. So these are really good questions because I think these terms kind of work like time in the Confessions of St. Augustine, right? We all kind of know what they are until somebody asks us to define it, and then we don't know what we're talking about because it's all over the map. So the way that I operationalize both of these for the work that I do is to look at them historically and how they have evolved over time and, and how the terminology has been built out by various contributors who've tried to think about these things, but also look at them um, with regards to a bigger perspective that is not only technological, but also uh, takes into account the social, political, cultural embeddedness of these kinds of ideas. So I would say artificial intelligence, although we think AI is technology, I think AI is an ideology, right? It's, it's, a, it's an ideology for the way that we think about intelligence and the manner by which we assume that what we do as intelligent creatures is something that could be manufactured in an artifact. And for that reason, I like to look at AI not just as a set of technologies, because it's not a technology, right? It's an ensemble of technologies. And sure enough, there are technologies involved in that process. But I also like to look at it as a cultural ideology having to do with how we think about thinking and how we think about ourselves as thinking things. Robot is a also interesting piece of terminology because it actually arrives to us out of fiction, right? The term robota, um, which we get out of Carl uh, Chapik's um, RUR uh, in the 1920s, is a word that originally uh, meant, and it's still today in Slavic languages like Polish and Czech, robota is worker. Right, um, and oftentimes connected to uh, forced labor or slave labor, but e even that's a stretch because robota, especially in Polish, which I know, uh, I don't know Czech, but Czech and Polish are very close in this area. Um, robota is just the word for uh, to, to work. Robich is the Polish word for work, right, uh, as a verb. So uh, Czapik sort of repurposes this word in his stage play from 1920 to talk about these artificial servants. And so unlike artificial intelligence, which is really the product of a, a Dartmouth conference uh, that was put together um, in the 1940s, robot is the result of fiction. And we have evolved that term from fiction into science fact, right? But we still, I think, bear the legacy and the burden of how that term was developed in our fiction. And I know roboticists will often argue with themselves about how uh, important or unimportant science fiction is to understanding the work that they do. But I do think that uh, because of the etymology of the word and its connection historically to um, the stage play, that science fiction cannot be sort of extracted from the science fact of the robot as it stands today. So artificial intelligence is uh, a term that has no one definition and that I think appropriately changes its meaning uh, depending on the particular context. So originally we tried to literally build a machine version of what we considered human intelligence that was focused really on reasoning uh, and what, what nowadays is just really one part of intelligence. People realized, well, there's also 
what has been called emotional intelligence, but maybe even more important than encompassing is social intelligence. And so when we think about artificial intelligence, I think we have to decide, well, which part of these human capacities do we try to either imitate or replicate or bring into a, a machine form? And I think that really is about as far as I want to go, because I, I wouldn't want to commit to any one version of the, the term but rather, if you give me a context, then I can tell you which of the intelligent functions are implemented in the machine. Now, the distinction between AI and robotics, also something that uh, you know, is debatable. But when I say machine, then it can be any disembodied machine uh, in a computer, uh, in, in the cloud, that performs the intelligent functions. And when I talk about a robot, uh, like many other people, really I'm thinking about an embodied form that does intelligent processing and can either move around in the world or at least manipulate the physical world. It could be an arm, uh, an industrial uh, arm robot that uh, manufactures things, but it does physical things in the world and changes physical things in the world. Uh, even more so nowadays, of course, um, what we you know, call social robots that actually live in both physical and in social spaces and thus have an impact on physical and social events. So that to me is, is uh, the, the robotic side, but of course, it seems so trivial to say, but robots need to have artificial intelligence. It, it is actually quite striking mm. how the robotics field and the artificial intelligence field have not been talking as much to each other. This, for an outsider, this seemed like a shocking insight, but many computer science departments, at least in the US, have the AI researchers and then the robotics folks. And, they have not been actually interacting that much with each other. We see it in conferences. But I think people begin to realize, well, what roboticists build into their robots is artificial intelligence. And eventually, if artificial intelligence takes on more and more roles in the world, they become also embodied and um, make physic have physical impact on the world. So to me, this is probably going to blur over time. Yeah, so I think AI is just a natural evolution of data science. The challenge has been that, you know, AI has been around since the 1940s, 50s and 60s when we've been evolving these terms. We just never had the compute and the systems to process and store large amounts of data. Just in the last 15 years, now we have all these large data systems and large systems on the cloud. And we've started automating the data analysis, which is what a data scientist has become, this person that can investigate, drive insights, and then pick some of the algorithms to predict a result. The difference where I see with AI is that result becomes automated. It becomes AI as a service or data as a service where you can not only move through a whole iterative cycle of the data science workflow, but beyond that, the system learns and the system can keep making those improvements with or without the human. My belief is it should always be augmented by the humans and we should be kept in the loop for those processes. So about artificial intelligence, what it is, there are so many definitions. I like the classic one, the one that was developed at Dartmouth uh, when we started all this, and the ability to do things that, if done by a human being, would require intelligence. It's a counterfactual. If done by a human being, would require, meaning that it doesn't have to. To me, artificial intelligence is the divorce between the ability to perform a task successfully from the need to be intelligent. That is where business, too, is going to be successful. You have something that is being done at the moment by human beings. You look at it and say, can I do that with zero 
intelligence. Because if I can, there's an AI app waiting to be developed. Mm. If I cannot, well, then we are in trouble. So that's why, for example, today we talk about uh, the loss of skills, not of jobs. A job is many skills, but a particular skill can be replaced. So uh, I said, no, uh, the counterfactual and the uh, idea that we are divorcing the ability to perform a particular task with success uh, from any necessity of being intelligent in doing it. Chess included, go, and so on. Mm-hmm. So I see sophisticated pattern matching. I mean, I know mm. that that's what humans do as well, but they're in no way anywhere near as good at abstraction. So, you know, they, they mm. still struggle with the idea that a cartoon dog, a like picture of a dog, the like actual 3D moving representation of a dog, yeah. or an actor with a mask on, all come under the heading dog yeah, sure. with, for, in certain kinds of ways in a human mind. So, uh, yeah, they're very good at clustering different kinds of data points, and they can do that mm. in ways that are extraordinarily useful and powerful, uh, but I don't see something that I'm going to have a complex conversation with anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, the simple conversations that you have with them are absolutely fascinating. Sure. Uh, but it's more a systemic thing, right? You're talking to a system and you're, yeah, you're intrigued by system. that rather than exactly any sort of kind of conscious... Yeah. yeah. And frankly, you can often see that when you talk to humans and you're kind of like, why do we disagree on this fundamental mm. point? And then you realise that there's a very different set of principles driving them. Like, yep. um, If you talk to people that might have, say, if from religion they've got an idea of a very absolute view of what is right or wrong that comes from a fixed point mm-hmm. versus someone that either doesn't have religion or doesn't think of morals in that kind of way and they try and and they think of morals as more of a, a relative kind of concept and then trying to have an argument mm. about sort of like very controversial issues everything from like the environment to control over women's bodies or health or all sorts of things there like you're not actually having necessarily the argument you think that you're having because right. it actually stems from having very different systems. Yeah, which is the, the ideologies that they have. Yeah, and yeah. Environments they've grown up in. So. Yeah, so that I, I think you can sometimes abstract in a quite kind of vague way there, but um, because yeah, humans mm. are complicated complicated systems. Sometimes yeah. you get to see like little bits of what the clashes are. I'm sorry if that's too uh, vague and wishy-washy for a proper like data. No, no, I think you, you nailed it straight off by saying pattern matching and then you elaborated, so that's, that's <laughs> totally cool. Hi, and welcome to the end of the podcast. Thanks again for sticking around. I really enjoyed Jess's answer because who the heck knows, really, what everyone's thinking about this stuff. I think there's... This general idea, and Kenneth talks about it, where our term of AI is maybe too broad and we should maybe, you know, rename it or make it something more specific. And Olivia Gamblin really, really sums up how business and how we are applying ourselves in AI or machine learning at the moment as this augmented intelligence tool, this augmented kind of statistical decision-making tool. Um, And then we go all the way to Bertrand Marley, who's talking about how we are missing swathes of what we call intelligence, uh, social intelligence, emotional intelligence. Maybe that we are not concentrating on that in AI, or maybe it's just a facet of AI that is there and we don't really pull it out or, or look into it so much. So I find all that stuff really fascinating and 
so interesting. It's still constantly interesting. There's such a broad array of answers. So I will keep asking the question and um, see what we get. Thanks again for listening. If you can, please support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash machine ethics. And thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.